Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 243, October 10th, 2019. Here it is, ladies and gentlemen, GLers. It was 90 degrees on this day in 1928, and I can't find another 90 until April 15th when 90 was achieved in 2002. So here we go. What's that? Uh, November, December, January, February, March. Uh, five and a half, six months between 90s in this godforsaken state. Why <laughs> now? From the mayor's office. And it was 25 degrees in this day in 1964 and 1987. It's Garage Logic. I'm sorry. Chris Reaver's Reavers, director of social yep. media. John Hyde in the newsroom. Let's start the weather out of the way right away. From the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king. Fireworks commissioner and keeper of common sense. Your mayor, Joe Sushman. Highly, uh, highly uh, broadcast over the last 24 hours to 48 hours has been news of a winter storm approaching the Dakotas, for example. And temperature drops more than 50 degrees as all-out blizzard sets sight on the Dakotas. And I've seen uh, other references to Denver will swing from... You know, 67 degrees to 32 or whatever. And so I had to do the sense when. Yep. Because this is being offered to you as an example of running to Al Gore to buy your carbon credits. I bet you found it, too. (laughs) The largest recorded temperature change in one place over a 24-hour period occurred on January 15, 1972 in Loma, Montana, when the temperature rose from 54 below to 49 above. Wow. The most dramatic temperature changes occur in North America climate climate susceptible to Chinook winds. That is a 95 degree swing. Woo! I did the math. I know I'm not to be trusted to it. I had to work at it a couple times, but I got it. That's a 95 degree swing. And that's uh, 72 is uh, what? 47 years ago. Right? Almost a half century ago. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Big storm coming. Will it arrive in time to dampen the prospect of uh, uh, violent protest by the left? Doesn't look like it. At uh, tonight's Trump rally at Target Center. My sources are saying no. Yeah. Your sources are saying no what? The weather will not cooperate? Well, it won't be. Uh, we, we're not going to have that uh, a pile of snow, and we'll have inclement weather, but I don't know how... This is the president's first rally since impeachment talk began. The impeachment inquiry? Inquiry. And here it is in the probably one of the most liberal cities in the country. Right behind uh, Portland. Portland. Well, they're mm-hmm. all, uh, the closer you get to the country's tallest buildings, they're all lefties. They're all mysterious. I noticed something on my drive in today. What'd you notice? The uh, the, the travel from about the Crosstown North, because I go Crosstown 35W North to get here. Boy, was it packed. On the from what felt like the airport merging traffic on in through here. Is that why you got here so late? Yes. Uh huh. No Republican presidential candidate has won Minnesota <laughs> since nineteen. Uh, ever. Richard Nixon in nineteen seventy two. Nixon mm-hmm. took us. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Huh. I never would have. A guessed. poll released by Alliance for a Better Minnesota on Wednesday showed fifty two percent of registered voters in the state would vote for the Democratic candidate next year, while forty two percent would vote for Trump. 
A, the survey of 1,175 voters was conducted with the left-leaning public policy polling. Well, then why should I believe it? <laughs> Let's do today's lesson in the incomprehensibility of the government. Okay. And today we're choosing for that lesson the lead editorial in today's Wall Street Journal. Nice. Back to you, Nancy. And the headline is, Back to you, Nancy. <laughs> and I'm going to read the whole thing. Okay. I'm listening. The White House, late Tuesday, telling Speaker Nancy Pelosi that President Trump won't cooperate with her impeachment inquiry is causing heartburn among all the usual suspects. Readers should ignore the fainting spells over a constitutional crisis and keep in mind that this is largely a political response to a political attack by House Democrats. Your inquiry is constitutionally invalid and a violation of due process, wrote White House counsel Pat Cipollone, who who lists the due process protections that the House is denying Mr. Trump as it pursues impeachment. He's right about due process, but wrong to dress this up in constitutional clothes. No doubt Mr. Cipollone or Cipollone is doing this for political effect since he knows that under the Constitution, the House can organize impeachment more or less as it wants. The House is under no constitutional obligation to allow Mr. Trump's lawyers to cross-examine witnesses as if impeachment were a criminal proceeding. Like the president's pardon power, the House's impeachment power is among the least fettered in America's founding charter. Mr. Cipollone is trying to make a political point about the unprecedented secret and unfair way the House is proceeding on impeachment, and on that he's entirely correct. As we've been writing, Mrs. Pelosi has refused to let the House vote on a resolution authorizing an official impeachment inquiry with rules that define the scope and procedures. This contrasts with how the House worked in both the Richard Nixon and Bill Clinton impeachments. Mr. Cipollone is now using the lack of a House vote to justify the White House refusal to cooperate with witnesses and documents under these circumstances. Mr. Cipollone holds out the prospect of cooperating if Mrs. Pelosi holds such a vote. Think of this as a back-to-you Nancy memo. She now faces a political choice of her own. She could treat Mr. Trump's lack of cooperation as one more impeachable offense, add it to whatever the House decides to do about Mr. Trump's phone call with Ukraine's president and impeach Mr. Trump on those grounds. Joe Biden endorsed impeachment on this basis Wednesday, but this rush to impeach might not persuade anyone who hasn't wanted to oust Mr. Trump since January of 2017. On the other hand, Mrs. Pelosi could let the House vote to authorize an inquiry with regular order and rules that give the minority subpoena power and have everything done in public. This was the House standard for Nixon-Clinton. The risk for Mrs. Pelosi is that she might lose some House Democrats on such a vote without gaining many Republicans, which would make the partisan nature of the exercise clear and undermine its public credibility. Mm, That's an important uh, sentence there. (sighs) She'd still face fights over access to White House documents and witnesses, though she'd be in a stronger position to prevail in the courts. These legal fights are hardly new, by the way, and hardly norm-breaking. A president and Congress, controlled by opposing parties, fight over documents all the time. We don't recall Democrats fretting when Mr. Clinton made executive privilege claims that were more sweeping than Nixon's during Watergate. The media that now professes horror at Mr. Trump raised not a whit of concern when Attorney General Eric Holder denied documents to Congress and was held in contempt. Just politics, they said then. Now, in their hatred of Mr. Trump, they dilate about constitutional norms they ignore when it suits them politically. If Mrs. Pelosi does not choose to brawl over documents, she likely she's likely to win in court more than she loses. The House and its impeachment power can seek evidence from the executive and the courts are likely to agree when its requests are reasonable and related to the alleged offenses being investigated. I'm almost done. 
But Mr. Trump may also sometimes prevail if the House is issuing kitchen sink subpoenas that jeopardize his ability to conduct foreign policy or communicate freely with advisors. No one should be surprised if the White House chooses to fight back and hard when Democrats are trying to remove Mr. Trump from office and brand him as impeached for 2020. The Pelosi Democrats are fighting ugly, and Mr. Trump is fighting ugly back. Yeah. Okay. Ignore your summons to jury duty. Uh, and what's going to happen? Pay I, your property I, taxes one half day late. Yeah, They're making their own I, stuff up as they go. Yeah. That's incomprehensible. It's all incomprehensible. I was trying really hard to follow well, along, and I got you lost. You can't. It's, make, it's, 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 it's The political class lives in their own world. They have no, they have no relationship to us. Nope. They have no, they are not duty bound to us. Anything they say they're doing for you is just grandstanding to keep their job. They're, they, they enjoy unimaginable security and privilege existing in an environment that so protects them from what ordinary Americans face every day. But this is never going to change. You know who got onto that quickly? Who? Uh, Ilhan, Ilhan Omar. I, I, I've read this a number of times, and I, I think what it's saying is that Nancy didn't follow the rules on purpose because she wasn't sure that her party was fully behind her, and she risked losing some Democratic support. Isn't that what it said? The risk for Mrs. Pelosi is that she might lose some House Democrats on such a vote without gaining many Republicans, which would make the partisan nature of the exercise clear and undermine its public credibility. How are we, the public, supposed to have... What credibility are you offering us? We can't achieve clarity with you people. You know who caught on to the political class at, at, at hypersonic speed? Ilhan Omar. How so? What'd she say? I'm going to read you what her opponent is saying. Uh, Here is your latest Ilhan Omar report on Garage Logic. Uh, freshman Representative Ilhan Omar is an absentee landlord in her home state, and residents aren't happy. Minneapolis police officer and congressional candidate Chris Kelly said today, appearing on Fox and Friends with hosts Rob Schmidt and Jillian Meal, Kelly said. That from Omar's own Somali community to just everybody else I come in contact with patrolling the streets every day, Minnesotans have not been satisfied with the job she's done to represent the state since she was elected. She's traveling the world. She's fighting the president on Twitter. She's not doing anything in the district. And I can say firsthand that homelessness, the opioid problems, and other issues are not improving, said Kelly, who announced uh, an independent bid for the seat earlier this year. Uh, He's an Iraq war veteran. Uh, he explained that although Democrats say Omar uh, won in a landslide, only 37% of the population voted, he said. Uh, and 2020 is going to be a totally different animal. You're going to have a lot of people coming out, and I think we have an excellent chance of coming out on top, he told the show. Uh, the recent controversy surrounding Thursday's Trump 2020 rally at the Target Center has put Omar's candidacy under a microscope as she continued to receive blows from the president. Okay, I'm not going to go on. My point being that uh, Kelly's absolutely correct, but she had, she's not she's not in office for here. No, God, she's no, not right. in office no. to absolutely serve people not. here. Absolutely, she's not. now a member of the political class, traveling in an extraordinarily privileged and protected class environments 
And they're all like that. They all get elected. Oh, there's a few that go back to their districts and make something happen, maybe get a new sidewalk in front of the library or something. <laughs> yeah. But but what it's all BS. What we what I've learned this week is it's all B as in B, S as in S. Well and look at trying to get Ilhan Omar uh, rep, the representative on this show, she's on a, just uh, blatantly unavailable. I'm not coming on the show. I don't want to come on the show. And this is her. This is her her district. This is her her. This is where she can say, "I've done this. I'm doing this, and I'm fighting the president." You know who I I, I don't think is like that. Hmm. Colin Peterson, okay. a Democrat for the seventh. Yep, right around Wilmer. Yeah. Highly uh, Republican, right-leaning part of the state, yep. and yet he holds his office. The last election, he barely squeaked by, but he still held it. He's not in favor of impeachment, um, and, and he seems to really read and know his supporters in his area very, very well. He, I, I think he's one of the few that I've found. Well, then, the other way to say this is the, the, the ones who are making the most noise— or the least likely to pay attention to their own districts. Right you never there. hear from Peterson. Yep, yep, you're like right. Omar and AOC and the rest of them, Rashid mm-hmm. Tlaib, they can't get in the news often enough. And I should mention, he, uh, Peterson's being scorned by his own party. Scorned by his own party because he doesn't uh, support the impeachment. Well, because he's... And he he's, knows his district. He's not following the club rules. Right, and, and he knows his district. Have we had him on? No. He's an interesting guy. Okay. I'll be glad to. Uh, I want to read you something. He's been in, uh, been representing the 7th since 91. That's a run. Did you say he's a Democrat, Kenny? He sure is. And he got elected in Wilmer? He sure did. Wow. But uh, this last election, he squeaked by. He barely got in. Joe, uh, with the Kurds in the news, you might want to mention Stephen Hunter's book, The Second Saladin. Hunter wrote the book in 2010, so it might be a bit dated, but it portrays the Kurds in a very good light. I've read all of Stephen Hunter's work. I'm having a hard time remembering the second Saladin. I don't know if it was a Bob Lee Swagger book, but I finished last night The the Game of Snipers by Stephen Hunter, and it is extraordinary. I'm going to start it today. And I always wonder, I always look to see if he's coming through town. I don't want to, I guess I would settle for a phone interview with him, but it sure would be fun if he'd come through town. And I never find him on any of the... Why uh, doesn't he? I don't know. I never find him on any of the literary calendars. Uh, I gave the book to Kenny because uh, you read that book, and then you'll have to educate the guys at DK Mags. (laughs) (laughs) The second... uh, The second Saladin. I don't think... 2010. I'm not going to step up to the plate on that one. (laughs) What are you saying about 1982, Rook? Stephen Hunter, the second Saladin. Yep. Uh, oh, it looks like that was in paperback when it came out. I, it he says, wrote the book in 2010, according to the emailer. Well, according to this, it says 1982. These are in order. Was it a? What's the first one on the book? The point of impact. Master sniper. No, point should be point of impact. Point of impact. Point of impact. 1993. Okay. Never mind. That's when I started. So we're gonna. It's number we'll, one to you. So it's, it's my not first. 1983 <laughs> or 82. It's my first. I... Hi, no. Joe. I've cooked more than a few beef pot roasts with only midland success. Usually they are dry and not particularly tender, and I wind up pulling them apart, adding barbecue sauce, and making pulled beef sandwiches with them. Mm. Rookie's ranch dressing gravy pot roast oh recipe is easily 
is easily the easiest and best slow cooker recipe I've encountered. Nice. The beef was tender and succulent. The leftover sauce and juice was in very high demand as gravy for the potatoes. Congratulations and good luck to you all, Michael Norgon. Thank you, Michael. I'll take that compliment. Give it to the people again so that we're, we Super don't get easy. Do you buy the meat from Grunhofer's? Yeah, well, that would be the best place to buy and it. And you're buying what to do this meal? You're buying from Grunhofer's chuck- Old Fashioned Meats in Hugo. A chuck roast. You're buying a chuck roast. You buy a chuck you roast. Go to, you go to Grunhofer's counter and say, I want your chuck roast. It might be, uh, they'll, they'll probably cut it to order, but uh, two well, and a half pounds. That's even better, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're a great service, but usually they're about two and a half pounds. You'll get different sizes. All you do is you bring and, if, and from Grunhofer's, it'll be the best chuck roast you're going to find. It'll be the finest You don't want to get one out of the grocery store in a oh, plastic wrapper. No, no, no. You go see Spencer and the crew from Grunhofer's, tell them you want a ground chuck roast. And I don't know if they sell the packets there. A packet of ranch, dry ranch, and a packet of dry gravy powder. And you get a stick of butter, and you throw it in the crock pot get the for eight hours. If you want to pour a little red a wine in there, you can. A stick of butter? That's what I yeah. said yesterday. Yeah, it's uh, it dis it, it makes it mixes going, into the uh, gravy. I'm using a quarter stick of butter. I'm not using a whole stick. Well, well then your chuck roast will be too dry. <laughs> like a Wait, Paul dry Lizard. ranch? What is that? It's a powder ranch. Like um, you're gonna make a ranch uh, salad, and you just take. The packet, and there you just go. pour it in there. It's there powder. Well, get that and all your other meat needs at Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meat Market at the north end of Hugo on Highway 61. You can't meet it, beat it, beat it. I got a kid going. A kid I used to have is going today. Really? She's going today. And she says, I wonder if I'll get a deal. And I said, you don't even inquire about a deal. Right. No. <laughs> but sign up. Sounds like my wife. Yeah. Do I get it? I said, you're going as your, her name isn't Sushere. So I said, you're going as your name right. and you're going to sign the damn GL <laughs> sheet at the at the cash register <laughs> and, and tell them how great deal. you think the thing is. And you hear about it every single day on Garage Logic. That's what you're going to do. It's <laughs> a, a conversation I have with my wife. Yeah. You got any twins tickets? Yeah. What do you got for free? They always have any freebies? <laughs> I'm you not in the ticket business. Get in touch with her to have her try the homemade pastrami. Well, bring home half a pound yeah, of pastrami. Her block is having an Oktoberfest, oh, so yeah. she's going to Grunhofer's to load up on the brats. She's got a fun block. Yeah, she does. She's got a very good brat, and they're all going to become Grunhofer's fans now. Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats at the north end of Hugo on Highway 61. Do you realize... That uh, Pacific Gas and Electric and uh, 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 Southland Edison, Southern California Edison, are turning off the electricity in California. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, yeah. As a preventive measure against burning down the state. And uh, I don't know where my sensibilities lie on this. Uh, much of the horrific fires that consumed uh, uh, California, most of California last year, not much of California, uh, Parts of Northern California, right? Uh, yeah, don't fall into their trap. Was was caused by uh, faulty electrics and and what? So they're turning off the electricity now. Basically, between Silicon Valley and the foothills of the Sierra Nevada. And didn't mm-hmm. we hear from someone that said that they the the regulation of uh, tree removal was a big part of that because yeah. they weren't able to to haul out uh, dead trees. Didn't we hear? Well, we forest hear management always comes into play with that's, these terrible yeah, fires. But I want to I want to stick with the power outages that are going to be done on purpose because uh, it was a station in L.A. I think uh, that did a big story on uh, tips for you uh, for your home, uh, what to do 
in the event you you are among the population that loses your power, which I, I'm not laughing at that. That's not funny. Uh, it shows you how dependent we are and how we take sure, it for granted. Yeah. So it was a serious story about? Yeah, Here, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, you have to have an outage supply kit. Okay, what's, oh. what's in that? Well, uh, that's uh, first aid, bottled water, flashlight and batteries, non-perishable food, manual can opener, coolers and ice chests, special items needed for the elderly, disabled, or infants, like diapers, uh, battery-operated radio, fresh batteries, external rechargeable battery pack, non-cordless phone. That's in your that's in your outage supply kit. Anything in there about lots and lots of toilet paper? No. Here's your home preparation. phone. Here's your home preparation checklist. Keep important phone numbers handy for emergency contacts and relatives. Keep flashlights in convenient locations. Uh, install surge protectors to safeguard electronic equipment. Know where your utility boxes are and how to turn them off. Keep computer files backed up. Keep the gas tank in one car at least half full. Why not full? Yeah, yeah, what's that all about? Well, they got long lines, so I'm sure they're... Work preparation checklist. Know how to override or manually override security gates. Develop a plan for employees' roles in the event of an outage. List equipment that should be turned off during an outage to prevent damage. Know the location of your workplace's utility boxes, and on and on and on. Keep your smartphone fully charged. Use an external battery charger that can charge your phone several times. If possible, purchase a more robust battery charger. Uh, turn your car into an emergency generator by using a power inverter that turns the DC current from your vehicle to AC current to power home devices from your car. I have two questions before you go any further. Do any of you guys own a generator? I do not. I did, but I don't have one anymore. I, I sold mine. And do any of you own what Joe just mentioned, a power inverter? I do not. No. I don't know what that is. You probably have a new enough car. Do any of you have a car that you can, like, say, plug a laptop mm-hmm. into? Yeah, yeah. It's got a three-prong plug. Mm-hmm. That's your inverter. You've oh. already got that oh. in your car. Okay. Really? Yep. If you own an electric vehicle, keep it fully charged. That is, unless you're the <laughs> <Wait>. police. Because <laughs> they'll chase you and then run out of juice. <laughs> right. Well, wait, you can't. So you have to charge it now because once they well, pull we, the power. Yeah. But here's my favorite. This is the one that will most appeal to GLers. Learn how to operate your garage door without electricity. <laughs> you got to pull that little cord. Well, set, this, what do Kenny, we do? Kenny, <laughs> pull on the red handle yeah. that should be dangling from the garage door Come unit. Yeah. This will unhinge the door from the rail yep. so that you can manually lift the door. Some doors have a key so they can be open from the outside during a power outage. Uh, that, by the way, GLers, if you live in South Minneapolis and you have a window on your garage door, you need to block that window or somehow get rid of that cord because the, the bad guys come, they break your garage oh. window, they reach in there, they uh, they uh, pull that cord, up huh. goes the garage door, there goes all of your tools. I'll be damned. Yep. I'll be damned. But and you know what you do with that uh, red handle that's attached to the rope if the rope is too long? Yeah. Trim it up, baby. That's There's good. a guy He's, that needs to know. He would yes. not know how to open the garage door. Oh, he wouldn't have one thing no, on that no, list. No. <laughs> no. Uh, he'd have, I have 11 watch batteries that are fresh. Have you guys ever seen, I think it's a Funny or Die video. It, it might be on YouTube, but it's a guy basically talking about preparing his home for the end of times. And so he's walking through the hall. It's just, it's it's a bit, but then he goes to the garage. 
Beer fridge, most important. Keep it battery powered. So he turns the beer fridge. It's got you know nine hundred Duracells in the back of it. It's it's very very. Funny. You know when I became the flashlight king? When during a uh, about a three day outage in St. Paul years ago, and I rented flashlights to my kids. Yeah. To members I set of up the a family. Table. Yeah, to members of the family. I teach them a lesson. Get your own damn flashlight. <laughs> so I charge them five bucks per half hour. What? Yep. You had a three-day outage? That's yeah. Brilliant. When was and that? And they're dreadful, by the way. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, trust me. I was working with a guy that, remember the XL stint Royce he had? He was yeah. unbearable that week. Yeah. Oh they're coming God. to my house last. Mm-hmm. And well, since you, that happened, Such, uh, you inspired me. I now have flashlights within reach everywhere. Oh, F- so do I. Flashlights and firearms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're going to do me like this? <laughs> yeah. Let me exactly. just take out the turkey first. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Let me check the turkey. You know what I've become a real sucker for? Gas stations are now starting to sell interesting flashlights at the register. I can't stop buying them. Uh, what? I, I can't I've stop either. I've never noticed. I can't stop well, buying them. Not Describe. every gas station, Describe. but the one I go to. Yeah. They're just good flashlights, and they're, uh, you can charge them like a cell phone. I got about 10. Well, okay. Your gas station <laughs> is playing you right now, knowing full well, well I'm not the only you guy are the flashlight hey, king. Hey, here comes Joe. He, he's coming. I know he's on it. Get the red box up do, here. Do you two have a flashlight in your vehicle right now? Yeah, I have I have one in each vehicle. I probably have yep. about eight in my house. Uh, on your cell phone, that's it. That's your only flashlight. But you know what? Yes, f- but I believe in flashlights at home. The light on my cell phone is probably better than the flashlight I have in my car. The flashlight that's changed my life, Such, is the uh, hat light. And it's not the clip-on one. I got sick of uh, breaking the, the ones that clip on your bill. I've got the one that crunches down sure over your I. head. Yeah, yeah. That thing is so unbelievably like a coal like a miner. Yeah. It's like a crown of thorns only with a flashlight. But it's on like it. having a street light on your head. Oh yeah. And then I've gone. Sometimes I wear it just for the hell. Of it. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> it ends up on all day, and yeah. I, f- I forget it's on my hat. But then I've taken it one step further. A lot of these flashlights you've been talking about at the gas stations—they have a little loop on the end of them, and I put a cord through it. Oh yeah. And I dangle it around my neck, so I've got a flashlight. Pointing down at my feet and Whoa. a flashlight on my Why? head. I, I'm remember I'm a when, Roman candle. Remember when mag light was all the rave? Yeah. 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 Man, have they faded from the scene. They still have like a nice flashlight and they're out right. there. But the flashlight industry has exploded. But with they, uh, new I think stuff. they are the principal owner of tack light, aren't they? Mag light is? I have oh, no those, idea. Because tack lights, those tack lights. Why don't you guys? That's what I have in my car. They're awesome. Why don't you guys do something like. Turn the light on in the garage, and then you're... I'm out Why in the is woods. it so dark? I'm out in the woods. Oh, okay. you know, and they work great for working on Doing equipment. What? If you're laying right. under a car... Of course. Are you working light? on trees? Hey, I'm going to chop That's down That's enough tree. flashlight talk. We'll be back in a moment. All right here, Paul Bunyan. <laughs> that liner you'll learn more here by accident than elsewhere by design here's joe suchere flashlights and firearms i have plenty of them and actually i opened up the uh the old firearm safe this morning actually mine's more like batman i have to go up to my third floor and i've got a a fake a panel in my wall that slides you press the secret button i hop on a pole and i slide down through three floors into my into my firearm vault so i'm looking and it's there's no lights in there so i've got my hat hat i'm looking around and i'm looking for a gun i'd like to sell and 
I couldn't find one. I actually have my very first shotgun, a single-shot Winchester with a crack in the stock that has not been fired or loaded since, I'm going to say, 1980. That gun's probably worth, I don't know, 10 bucks. No way in hell will I sell that. But I have... Throughout the years, I'll admit, I've sold a gun or two, or I've traded them in. And I know it's a taboo subject, and most firearm owners don't do it. But if you have a hankering, if you've got one you don't use anymore, you don't like, or, or something's wrong, you, you just don't want it, DK Mags, that's the place to go, dkmags.com. They will buy your firearm. Um, I know it's not done. 95% of the firearms will never, ever be sold, uh, and most people are the same way. But if you happen to have one, um, DK Mags, not only will they buy it, they'll do one better. They'll trade it. You can walk out of there with a different firearm, one that you've always wanted. Uh, and, and that's that's the guys at DK Mags. They're, they're there to help you out, and that goes for Monticello Pond and Gun, too. Same deal there. Uh, DKMags.com, Monticello Pond and Gun, they are your full-service gun stores. And actually, my only choice at this point for guns, ammo, and accessories. I've been using them for a number of years. I even use them for gunsmithing. Good selection, fair pricing, and easily the most experienced, friendly staff you'll ever deal with. Check out their website, dkmags.com, or stop into DK Mags right up in New Brighton or Monticello, Pond and Gun in Monticello. Hail the mayor. Hail, Hail you. you. After I mess around for five to ten minutes on the main page of Podcast One trying to find the debut of the new Monday Night Sports Talk, I said, uh, with no success, I said to myself, I bet it's on the regular GL podcast page. And yep, there it was. The most logical place to find it. Joe, please do not let the dum-dums create a new link just for the Monday Night Sports Talk show. It makes no sense, and everyone knows how to get to your podcast page. So please keep it simple. Longtime listener, best regards, Mike from Eden Prairie. Mr. Reavers, please respond. Um. We, uh, we are launching Monday Night Sports Talk. It's been launched. As an extension of GL. But in it, and the new Monday Night Sports Talk page will be on GarageLogic.com. There's no possible way you, you'll you'll miss it. Good, that's a good yeah. answer. Thank you. Wow, I'm I'm a bit shocked. That I what? That's an excellent answer, Chris. Thank Saying you. it and execution are two different things, Kenny. Right. <laughs> wait till you get. By the way, right. wait till you guys see the photo, the Monday Night Sports Talk logo. It's spectacular. Really? Yeah, it's really cool. <laughs> A St. Paul police officer, this is the Star Tribune's version of it. I, I didn't get my St. Paul paper this morning. Even with your note or your sign? I took the note down. See, No, that, that wasn't the problem. A St. Paul police officer tried to give a homeless woman a break as he confronted her shoplifting uh, in a downtown grocery store. But instead of accepting the officer's gesture, she stabbed him twice and is now jailed on felony charges according to a criminal complaint. Artisha L. Moore, 23, was charged Tuesday in Ramsey County District Court with second-degree assault and assaulting a police officer in connection with the encounter Monday night at the downtown Lunds and Byerly's on East 10th Street. She remains jailed in lieu of, of $20,000 in bail. Everyone pay attention to this because you're going to be asked a question. Yeah. Moore stabbed Officer Joe Ryan in the chest with a screwdriver and in the arm with a kitchen knife, the charges said. The officer's protective vest guarded his chest from injury. Uh, while his left bicep had a superficial cut. This is at least the third time since August that Moore has been charged with defying law enforcement, including one instance in which she allegedly punched a St. Paul police officer. 
According to the criminal complaint involving the latest allegation, shortly after 8 p.m., Officer Ryan was told by store employees that Moore had hidden items in her pants and jacket without paying for them. Ryan stopped her as she was leaving and offered to let her return the items and avoid getting in legal trouble. That's a good cop. Moore denied taking anything without paying, even though the officer could see the items concealed in her clothing. (laughs) She then returned a beverage, but Ryan insisted that she give up the rest. He's trying to cut this woman a break. Moore uh, then became uncooperative and explained that she was homeless. The officer saw the knife's handle in her pocket and grabbed her arm. She backed away, pulling out the screwdriver and struck Ryan in the chest with an overhand swing. As the two struggled, Moore cut the officer with the knife before she could be brought under control and arrested. She had options, said Sergeant Mike Ernster, a spokesman for the police department. Thankfully, he wasn't seriously hurt. Moore is due back in court November 5. In the earlier case, Moore pleaded guilty Tuesday to gross misdemeanor charges of assault and obstructing a police officer in connection with an August 21 encounter in St. Paul. Tuesday. What? This week. She just got out. She was in court. You just read it. She's due back in court November 5th. Right. In an earlier case, Moore pleaded guilty Tuesday. Yeah. Tuesday. So it's another court appearance. To gross misdemeanor charges of assault and obstructing a police officer in connection with an August 21 encounter in St. Paul. Oh, I'm reading this wrong. I know you are. I'm sorry. In that instance, an officer was called to the Dorothy Day Center because Moore was causing a loud and destructive disturbance in the shelter. She failed to follow the officer's orders to leave the facility, prompting him to put his hand on her backpack. She responded by punching him in the face and trying to scratch and bite him. Wow. Moore is scheduled to be sentenced for that incident on November 20. She also remains charged with a misdemeanor for obstructing a police officer on August 31. A message was left Wednesday with Moore's attorney seeking the defense's reaction to the allegations in both cases. What I have a number of questions. Uh, what's the first thing that might occur to any of you? What is she doing on the street? Well, she's, she's 23, our, so she's... Where's the mayor of St. Paul? Oh, good point. Where's the mayor of St. Paul? My question was going to be, God, I hope there's a cell phone video with this. Where's the mayor to say... One of my police officers was attacked by this unrepentant, unremorseless, lack of respect for authority woman. Because he's where's al- he? Where's he's, he? He's always the first one to jump to the spotlight when it's the other way around. Which, which, which I now want us to get to the bottom of. Hmm. What determines when the mayor intervenes? In other words, oh, public in, outrage. In, well. But this is a white cop stabbed by a young black woman. There probably is not going to be any outrage. Right. That's, why Nikema, we, that's why we haven't heard from him. Nakima Levy-Pounds isn't going to uh, organize her own press conference? No, my question is this. Uh, on the occasion of the officer who had to shoot the guy who rear-ended him and then attacked him, yes. uh, how did the mayor become so instantly involved? And how did Nakima become so instantly involved? Did reporters call them? Because this, this is a Paul Walsh piece. Walsh is a good reporter. I wonder if it occurred to him to call the mayor. Apparently not. He did leave a message with, with the, Moore's with, with the attorney. attorney. And that leads me to believe that it's an attorney and not a public defender. And mm. how is she paying no, for I'm that? No, I'm sure it's a public defender. Okay. I'm sure it's a public defender. My point being, right. here's another great opportunity. Yep. For a uh, an African American man of authority, the mayor of the capital city of a state in the United States of America, to 
say, I would like to address this uh, latest incident of trouble in downtown St. Paul concerning a woman named Artisha Moore stabbing one of my police officers. And I would like to say that her behavior is unacceptable. She needs to apologize to those officers. The officer... This guy misses every single chance in the world to do something right. Every single time he misses the chance. Ironically, he thinks he is doing right. He could have brought this... He could have brought this to attention. He could have brought this story to the attention of the public by by taking the position that I am sick and tired of the behavior of these people who have no respect for law enforcement in this town. No respect whatsoever. But let a cop wrestle an unrepentant, remorseless 14-year-old brat to the ground in a UPS store, and he wants an internal bleeping investigation. Yeah. B.S. Yeah. He should have gone to that mother's house. i got to make a note to myself so I don't lose my train of thought. Write that down. Well, you're making a note. Uh, I'm done making the note, Kenny. The mayor should have gone... The mayor should have gone to that young girl's home yep. and convened a front porch uh, a soliloquy about, ma'am, I think you need to have better behavior from your child. She's been a thorn in the side of my police department. Boom. And you notice what else is coming up? A lot of times the people who provoke the problems... Uh, they they conveniently enough come up with mental illness right. or homelessness yep. or and, and God forbid that anyone should be homeless and God forbid that anyone be mentally ill. But I think those are becoming uh, uh, convenient catchphrases for people. The excuse to do behave badly, poorly. Uh, I just heard about a terrible, terrible story today. I heard about it on the radio news uh, of a nine-year-old who burned down a... A trailer, house trailer, and, and killed the five people who were in it. And was charged. Yeah. And his mother said, well, we just learned he has, uh, I forget the disease. Right. Between, well, okay. Well, both departments, Minneapolis and St. Paul, do have people on hand to help with the mentally ill. Did you uh, say it, nine? Yeah, nine. And and is being charged. He's nine years old. Being yeah. charged with murder. Um, Look it up, Rook. In both of the the cases of the fourteen, I want to know what disease the mother cited. The fourteen year old and this twenty three year old, I guarantee you, well known to local beef oh, beat officers. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know they know these these folks by name. But wouldn't the mayor speaking honestly about this? Wouldn't he he could have more of an impact than I could ever have? He's got to start sending the message to these young people that their behavior is not to be tolerated. Take it a step further. Why, why don't we? Why don't we start holding these parents more accountable, well, or the ones that are even at home? Uh, yeah. I'm serious. This is where all of this behavior stems from: is the lack of parental guidance at home. It does. But does this latest, the 23 year old, even have parents? Probably not. But the 14 year old, I'm sure, did. Well, she her her, her mother has been widely quoted. Yeah. Yeah, and and available. But the cop, you know, a cop fears for his life after he gets rear-ended on a nice sunny September afternoon, and we have clear video proof that the fellow who rear-ended him fully intended to kill him. We, what do we get? Well, uh, we, we, we uh, well, we have to have a review. Fourteen-year-old mm-hmm. uh, girl 
carries on in a despicable way trying to get arrested at a UPS store. What what do we get from there? Well, well, we uh, we need an internal review. Cop tries to cut a break for a young African-American woman who claims she's homeless. Offers to let her go back in the store. Put the stuff back on the shelves, young lady, and you'll avoid arrest. I'm not going to. Let's just do this the right way. She pulls out a knife and a screwdriver and stabs him. I don't hear from the mayor. I don't hear from anybody. And I sure as hell don't expect to hear from the mayor. You never will. Well, wait a minute, actually. Isn't he doing a... Uh, he's having a lunch. Isn't he having a lunch today? But he's me? doing like a Facebook chat for people with from the city with questions and whatnot. I saw something about that this uh, morning. Town Hall? I'm going to look it up. Rook, it shouldn't have been that hard to find nine-year-old burns down trailer house. I found the story, but I don't no, have... No illness? I don't have the quote. They say he's got issues, but oh. they don't say a specific... All right. Uh, All right. Never mind. Malady. Never mind. Let's take a break, please. Can you hold, please? Can you hold, please? Ricey here with the Canopy Group Facts. Number one, the Canopy Group writes more new business in one month than a captive insurance agent writes in three years. How is that possible? Let's share other facts to answer that question. Number two, the Canopy Group offers 16 different insurance companies, not just one. Number three, the Canopy Group offers combined single limit coverage, not split limit coverage. Number four, the Canopy Group offers only one one deductible at claim time, not two or three or four or more. Number five, at renewal, the Canopy Group shops your insurance with their 15 other companies every year. Captives can't do this because they have only one company. So if you have your insurance with one of the captive agents, remember they don't have any other options for you. Call 800-967-3389 or visit thecanopygroup.com. The Earth is not your mother. The Joe Suchere Show. Every time I speak with my microphone off, <laughs> let me start again. <laughs> Joe, I've Joe, been listening with, with great, great interest. interest. <laughs> what did you say? What did you just say? I copied what you said when you were saying it. I mirrored what you said. Oh, that was funny. I've been listening with great, great interest. interest. <laughs> Every okay, time you bring up another example of the failed academy, and I have a theory. We have a son at Creighton getting his business degree and a daughter at Purdue getting a computer science degree, both in their junior year. These schools are not easy to get into, and once you are in, you have surrounded yourself with a whole bunch of other smart kids, so you've got to work to hit that curve to make those grades. I've asked them what the political mood is and has been like on their respective campuses, if they've seen or been involved in protests, etc. While they both have seen protests, they both say that given the difficulty of their majors, they simply don't have the time or the inclination for any of that BS. There is also no peer pressure because their friends are all in the same boat. There, there, there were some professors who in the first couple of years did espouse liberal ideologies, but this was in classes that they needed to take in order to fulfill the requirements necessary for them to obtain a Bachelor of Arts. Once they began taking classes that focus on their majors, the politics went away. So my theory is this. 
The tendency toward liberal ideologies and actions at the failed academy is directly correlated to the chosen degree. In other words, if the kid is getting a degree in art history or Buddhist studies, my theory holds that these are kids with A, longer exposure to the left-leaning professors, B, more time on their hands to protest because these degrees just don't require the time and effort that the more robust degrees almost certainly do, and C, peer pressure to get involved that arises from surrounding themselves with like-minded students and teachers. Only way I can think of to prove this theory is to ask all of these protesters what degrees they are seeking. If it holds true, then we will probably need to follow up in a couple of years by visiting them in the restaurant where they work and asking how it all worked out. (laughs) Good luck, Bob. P.S. These are the same twins that after they were born, I had to make the emergency run to visit Moeller in Highland to buy something for their mom to apologize for my inability to drive her to the hospital the previous day. Man, was that an expensive night out. (laughs) Uh, Bob, put this on your calendar uh, for Moeller, October 24th through November 2nd. It's RF Moeller's 10th annual watch event. It will travel between the three Moeller stores, starting in uh, Highland Park in St. Paul, that's Ford in Cleveland, October 24th through the 26th, then downtown Minneapolis in Gavaday, October 29th and 30th, and it ends at the Edina store at 50th in France, Halloween through November 2nd. Moeller has a remarkable selection of watches. I have two from there, and I need a third. This event features the wild, the widest in-store. It could be wild, too, if Mark's there. Oh, yeah. The widest in-store selection of the year of the most prestigious brands. And during the event, they'll be paying the sales tax on almost every watch brand they carry. Plus, you'll get a free watch winder with the purchase of any new automatic watch, which is $175 value. It's also a great opportunity to trade in your watch toward a new watch. RF Moeller Jeweler, 50th in France in Edina. The flagship store at Ford in Cleveland and St. Paul. Gavaday Common in downtown Minneapolis or online at rfmoeller.com. So, let's go to the failed academy, shall we? Hmm. Are you driving? For a story, I don't know what to make of it. so horrific. Uh, things seemed relatively placid when a pro-life group, TFP Student Action at George Washington University, uh, was having a demonstration on behalf of life. One flustered woman kicked things off, arguing at one point that a pro-life, with a pro-lifer, that it's still a baby inside, but I have every single right to bleeping decide what I do with my own bleeping body. In other words, as the uh, as the kids who were pro-life gathered, the protesters began to arrive. Okay. Several others demanded that TFP student action immediately leave, saying they had no right to be on campus. TFP student action, uh, uh, pro-abortion. What's TFP? TFP is the group, the pro-life group. Yeah, but- is what they call themselves. Are there two, st- two TFPs? Because it says here, <laughs> it says here, TFP student action, pro-abortion advocates soon employed social media to Tradition, organize- family, and property is the group TFP. Okay. Well, why would they uh, have pro-abortion advocates? I soon no employed idea. social media to organize like-minded folks to gather and confront their members who were quickly and vastly outnumbered. I still see it as the anti-pro-lifers was was versi- was t- uh, taking off against the pro-lifers. Hail Satan! One counter 
Oh, yield. Oh, that's uh, a male student said, "I eat baby lungs for breakfast." Oh, ick. Okay. Perhaps the most disturbing moment took place when an angry woman spit on a pro-lifer, and there's unfortunately a picture of this uh, gal doing the expectorating. Oh, okay. icky. Mm-hmm. One the TF. Sorry, the, Joe. The movement has been described as a Catholic right-wing entity by some. Its worldview has been characterized as an extreme moralism against divorce, against communism, and against change. On their website. What's wrong with that? On their website, they ask, if you are pro-life, pro-marriage, and pro-God, join our team of 194,000 activists in the good fight for moral values. One TFP volunteer said he was kicked in the back of the leg, while another said students repeatedly hit him. At one point, the crowd converged around TFP student uh, action, dancing, and singing, and twerking. TFP said campus police left it to the Washington, D.C. police to quell the mob, forming a barrier between the two groups. But the mob showed neither respect for the police nor obeyed their orders. TFP student action director John Ritchie said they just continued screaming, my body, my choice. Soon police officers escorted the pro-life group to their vehicles and the counter demonstrators smelled victory, following them and screaming with delight. One overjoyed soul even twerked for the occasion. The pro-lifers said the hellish crowd uh, gave them uh, the printer just left me. One of them put out a pro-abortion sign on our windshield. Another started spitting on the windows of our van. Richie said they don't respect the most innocent lives of the unborn. And uh, all you can think is you can't trust pro-abortion activists to respect anyone. Certainly doesn't sound like it. Why do all these counter protests have to end in, in violence? That's a good it, question. It sounds like the Catholics were being rather quiet and... Uh, Respectful. The TFP yeah. student action leader added that the pro-abortion uh, mob refused to acknowledge that every innocent human person uh, has a right to life. Our culture has strayed so far from God and the reason that what used to be self-evident is not so clear anymore, especially on left-wing college campuses where procured abortion providers are lectured to. It's been a grand... See why I was looking for you, Reeves? The uh, Toner? Mm-hmm. The toner on my printer got a little bad uh, all i had to hear was hail satan what what the hell are you doing hailing satan right satan doesn't need to be hailed a lot of fu's being thrown yep. towards the pro-lifers too you, you, you'd think they'd learn that they're going to get a lot, a lot further with non-violent counter-protesting why can't both sides be there without but, all this violence and ugliness well, going this? back to emailer bob i think he's g- generally speaking he's on to something those uh, people that showed up to say hail Satan and spit on pro-lifers and hit them and, and be profane, they're probably getting a degree in, you know, in uh, underwater basket weaving. <laughs> they're not they're not getting degrees right. in mm-hmm. physics and, and uh, the business degrees, the business guys that are But where did it start and, and when did it start for these particular people that at any point in your life when someone has an opposing view the immediate reaction is is not only anger, but it's violence. Well, that's what we're all holding our breath about today and tonight in downtown Minneapolis. Oh, God. And it's the left that does the carrying on. It seems well, to be. Well, not all the time. Well, most of the time. Well, it, it, I think today will be an interesting test with this group that is has come into town to protect the Trump supporters. I, I think it, it's. I think they're under the microscope, actually. Mm-hmm. To see if they can keep it peaceful. Mm. 
and nonviolent. I have a question. The three percenters. A logistics question for someone that might be traveling to go on site. Oh, no. How close does one have to get to be considered part of the action? Oh, I want you ready. Right. Yeah, we want you close right there. What you have to do, and what I'm worried about, is your your big fat mouth. I won't say a word. You and have I'm to promise joking. that. I mean, you're it's you're gonna find it really because you're the guy that will get in a fight with somebody on the freeway if they're talking on their phone. True. That. But does when not, I'm, but no, here I'll I'll, I'll ease your fear. He's just gonna say, "Hold my beer." That's no, the only right, thing. Right? Yeah. Where, where's the best place for an IPA outside of Thirty Bales? No. Uh, if I'm downtown, Kenny, because I go downtown every weekend to do my other gig. Right. I I never say a word. Okay. I, my head is down. I mean, I'm observant. I keep my mouth shut and I just keep walking. Well, my wife was asking me about this, and I said I wouldn't worry about him. He's taller than the Jolly Green Giant. He's got a six foot uh, reach, and he could probably do some damage if he. If That's he shows. why you're going and not me. Right. My shoulder hurts. And I couldn't throw a punch right now. And I've to. got a loud, sassy mouth and nothing to back it up. Right. I'm basically going to observe, take video, and just. You're be going quiet. as in your role of producing a podcast called Garage Logic. Right. You are going to be a, a correspondent. Yeah. You're what going I, to be an observer. Right. What I found when I was at the RNC convention is uh, I would step up next to a cop and t- tell him who I was. I, go, I work with Sushere. Uh, I'm one of the good guys. Can I stand behind you? <laughs> Just, I, I'm, on, I'm on your side. I'm yeah. one of the good guys. And that's who I feel bad for, honestly, the, 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 the cops downtown and even the ones that aren't going to be in uniform. Uh, I'm thinking that maybe we don't need to talk about this as though it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. I'm I'm going to I'm going to be comfortable with the idea that I think we're going to everything's going to be okay. I think everything will be okay. I really do. Because uh, the how Minnesota you, nice or well, how can think, you say that after you just read that story? Well, we're not doing a pro-life convention here. Oh, well, this is worse. Yeah, he's he's a criminal and he's a racist. Yeah, that's true. Hates gay people. He's a misogynist. He's a hater. No. Here, here's the only thing that I, I, I hope you're right, Joe. But the, what I, here's my fear: it only takes one idiot mm-hmm. to start a complete melee. Mm-hmm. It just takes, and there's going to be thousands of people down there. I heard the mayor of Minneapolis interviewed this morning on another station, hmm. and the host. So he was available for an interview. Not to us. Oh, the host. Uh, asked him, uh, are you personally opposed to Trump uh, being in Minnesota? And the mayor of Minneapolis said, well, I can't really uh, say if that's my position to answer that. And then went on to list a litany of things that he doesn't like about the president, which is tantamount to saying, of course, I'm opposed to him being here. Uh, Then why not just say that if that's your belief? Boy, that fries learn how to drop every G from an ing word too. Oh, I just I continue to find that infuriating. We're talking, we're fighting and talking and keeping people safe. Well, what a bunch of BS! Actually, you're you're not. You're doing the exact opposite of that. He was fasting. Oh, yes, what, he, was. he was fasting. What about us us Hicks from the sticks that talk that way? Yeah, but you come by it naturally. The politicians have to practice it. <laughs> okay, we're gonna talk. I'm talking to you about yeah. doing Wouldn't, stuff. Wouldn't you have had more respect for the guy if he had just said, "Nay, I oppose." I mean, at least have some balls. Yeah. Don't dance around a, a direct question. Do like we know that. what time uh, Air Force One arrives? Wasn't it six o'clock? I'll have to dig that story out. I saved it. You'll go right to it. So I also that's... I also noticed a little story about First Avenue donating all of today's proceeds to uh, I think a 
not pro-life, a uh, pro-women's well, right. Pro-choice group. Pro, pro-choice group. Yeah. And in the First sto- Avenue wouldn't be devoting anything to pro-life. Right, right. But in the story, the, the owners, was they were saying, um, we traditionally don't get involved in political matters, and we're proud to say that we've hosted these events on one side and these events on the other side. But in this case, dot, 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 mm-hmm. They're coming out strong so, against uh, Trump. Are they having shows, or are they just opening the doors? No, to sell they, they have sh- they have shows tonight, and they're uh, donating all the proceeds, including food and liquor sales, to uh, the pro-choice uh, movement. Wow. Well, the the left to establish their bona fides, they all have to be in opposition to the president speaking here. That's just mm-hmm. that's what the club is demanding. Mm-hmm. The mob demands that you oppose this. So, is it doesn't it stand wow. to reason that that would be the mob that would cause trouble? If, in fact, there's trouble? Yes. Or? I could go, could really, could go either, could go either way tonight. And I'm saying it won't. I'm saying, I'm, I'm here to tell you that I think it'll be just fine. My goal is to try to find someone that has no idea what's going on. What, is there a big Vikings game tonight? I'm just here that, for, you know what? <laughs> that'll be easier than you think. You think so? Oh, yeah. Go over to the armory. Oh, yeah. good point. Lizzo. Lizzo again tonight? Yeah. Yeah, oh, I'm guessing oh, half the people at the Lizzo oh, show no, no idea, idea that the president's right. six blocks what's away. Or yeah. I'm just here for Mean Girls. Is that the order? I would say that half of them wouldn't know who the president is, not to mention <laughs> where <laughs> he is. Yeah. Okay. At the armory. All right, I'll do an unscientific poll. No, I don't want oh. you at the armory. I want you at the action center. I found it here. Um, Pence arriving around 4 p.m. But as we discussed yesterday, he's headed south down to Lakeville, and then President Trump expected to land right around 5 o'clock. And uh, they won't be at the airport for more than 15 minutes when they take off to their destinations. And then you have to remember, after Pence is done down in Lakeville... He's got to come back. He's got to go all the way to downtown Minneapolis, so they're going to close that freeway or freeway or whatever they use. So Pence is going to appear with Trump. From what I understand. But prior to appearing with Trump, he's doing his own gig in Lakeville. Right. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Oh, boy, I'm going to really sound stupid on this. I thought they weren't allowed to be in the same room at the same time. That's what I thought. Isn't that the rule? Well, that's obviously why they're flying on separate planes. But isn't that the rule? They can't be in the same? I didn't know that. I don't think that's a rule. I don't know that. I'm going to look it up. I always thought that was a rule. I don't think so. I I think it's just travel. Is it just flying together? Obama and Biden were always together doing stuff. I don't think that's a problem. And... Lizzo sold out in, like, what, 15 minutes? Is she from Minneapolis? Not only is she from Minneapolis, it was not even two years ago that she was just a backup singer and uh, a local gal, and now she's global. Yeah. I mean, she is a really big deal. And she right dated now. the Minnesota Viking. It is it is legally prohibited for the vice president and POTUS to be in the same car or plane. Oh, okay. Well, they're not going to be in the same car or plane. But it doesn't say anything about being in the same room. It's right. just about travel. Yeah, and it says here in yesterday's Star Tribune by Harlow, uh, Tim Harlow that uh, Pence will visit Lakeville before traveling to the rally downtown. Huh. The aptly named, this is from Tim. This is a little uh, concluding note for Positive Thursday. The aptly named John B. Goodenough, a 97-year-old professor at the University of Texas, was awarded the Nobel Prize in Chemistry Wednesday for his work in the development of lithium lithium ion batteries. These are the batteries that power all of our smartphones and laptops. 
Goodenough was not in Texas when the Nobel Prize was announced. He was in England receiving the Copley Medal, the scientific world's oldest honor, which has been bestowed on Charles Darwin, Benjamin Franklin, and Albert Einstein. During World War II, Goodenough was a military meteorologist who was tasked with calculating flight times for aircraft traveling across the Atlantic Ocean to Europe from the U.S. Even though jet streams and the impact they can have on an aircraft's travel time had not yet been identified, Goodenough's work was precise enough that a flight-bearing General Dwight Eisenhower arrived in Europe just six minutes off Goodenough's predicted time. Goodenough turned 97 this July and still reports to work daily at the Austin campus, where his current assignment is as a full-time researcher. He stopped teaching courses just two years ago. Well, congratulations. He's a great living American. Mm-hmm. Here, here. And uh, I bet the people who took classes from him uh, were not uh, did not have time to protest. But he's 97. Yeah. Do you think his colleagues look at him the same way Sid's colleagues uh, look at at Sid? (laughs) Apparently not, because he just won the Nobel Prize and the Copley Award. He must still be achieving. And these batteries he started working on were, I think he started in the early 70s, if I remember right. And the early ones were so volatile that they were prone to exploding. Well, he's the guy who solved it all. And he solved it all by using a very lightweight metal and adding that to the process and and made them durable and, and, and rechargeable. Can you, get a, a can you get a lithium-ion battery at Fratelloni's? I think so. No, they're I on. think they're built into devices, aren't they? Uh, they're rechargeable, and you can buy rechargeable batteries to put in your device. I'll you know be damned. Here, I'll text Mike. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, dummy. <laughs> <laughs> text that other guy upstairs and get him down here now. No, we still got stu- we still have a couple of ads there, Suchi Boy. We do? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Here, what do you want me to ask, Mike? Can you buy Mike, a lithium ion battery? The answer is yes. Do you don't, sell? Don't bother him. No, oh, he loves being part of it. Lithium ion batteries. Yeah. God, you'd think the guy would have something batteries. better to do than dink around with us. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> At your store. Oh, and then by the way, I'll find out tonight because we're doing the beer show if they're going to do, if he's making progress with the uh, Spence cooler. The Spence cooler. Are you planning the after the beer? What time does the beer show conclude? Uh, well, we're doing the beer show only it's as a podcast. A, oh, it's not a podcast. When the beer it? is gone. It's live. Well, it will be a podcast only tonight because they're running the baseball game on, on 1500. Well, then you can uh, do your podcast early enough to get downtown in time for the well, we did have a scheduled guest at seven o'clock, so I'm I'm figuring it out. What's my what? seven o'clock? The mayhem hey, could be over by he's seven o'clock. Just trying o'clock. to get you out of there earlier. You know, well, he's trying to help you know, you we'll figure out. I'm actually going to see. Can I stop at the poorhouse? I'll right. see if there's any uh, right. protesters there. You never know. All right, we'll be back in just a few seconds here. end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Suchere. Hey, Such, I got to share an email with you. Okay. Uh, talking about 30 bales over there in downtown Hopkins. 30 bales is the amount of hay that uh, Babe the Blue Ox needed every day. That's right. So how about this? Uh, our, our buddy Ben, he uh, wanted to share a little uh, little news from the guys at 30 bales. He was meeting with the owner, just asking, hey, how, how's business going? Everything good? And Todd said, quote, it's been great lately. Just this past weekend, we had six groups, six groups that came in and they mentioned uh, that they heard Reaver's spot on the GL podcast. That was just last Saturday and Sunday. 
How cool is that? Well, you know, it's the power of the it's the power of the GLers. Yeah, so we're talking about Thirty Bales Restaurant, and, and here, check this out: the fall menu is now out on Happy Hour. They're still offering the six dollars select wines and five dollars all tap beers and three dollars select tall boys, and they're also having five dollars food offerings. It's just during the Happy Hour, which is Tuesday through Friday. 3 to 6 p.m., but their food menu is spectacular. It's a scratch Midwest kitchen. It doesn't matter if you're a foodie, if you're a health nut like I'm married to. It doesn't matter. They, they serve everybody. They have fantastic burgers. They have uh, salmon salads that are for the oh, for the health-conscious people. With some Triscuits. But it's really cool. Uh, they have biscuits and gravy. I know, Kenny, you're a big fan of the biscuits and gravy. Mm. Uh, but go online, 30bales.com. Spell it out, 30bales.com, and you can make a reservation. Or you can also uh, call the restaurant directly. I have their number right here. It's 952 952- Nine three zero zero three six nine. If you're going to a show at the Stages Theater, Hopkins Center for the Arts, or maybe you're going to see Mean Girls tonight downtown, right, stop at Orpheum. Thirty Bales at the Orpheum. Free parking right behind the restaurant. It's the critically acclaimed Thirty Bales Restaurant in downtown Hopkins. Such, are you doing any positive Thursday? Oh stuff crap! It's positive Thursday. All. Anything I just told all. you about the guy, Mr. Goodenough, the right, professor. Which, yeah, by the yeah. way, doesn't he sound like he should? That that should be a Bond woman, yeah. Goodenough. Yeah. Reavers and I got together and just collectively today, uh, the rally is our challenge. Uh, go. <laughs> the rally. Find a find a positive. It's too late for the, the rally. No, no. <laughs> Your thoughts. Your thoughts. Go. I've got one for you, but it's really positive. It's truly well, positive. Well, I don't want to hear it. You don't? I said I want to hear it. Oh, headline, and this has been floating around for a while. I can't remember what day of the week this came. October 4th, Star Tribune. Headline, if given money, study, su- study subjects spend it on food, clothing, bills. The first dot data from an experiment in California City where needy people get $500 a month from the government shows they spend most of it on things like food, clothing, and utility bills. The 18-month, and this is important, privately funded program started in February involves 125 people in Stockton where they're just given $500 on a... And you find this positive? Are you out of your mind? On a, on a debit card. People in the program get 500 on a debit card, which helps the researchers track their spending. But 40%, I don't know if this is positive, but 40% of the money has been withdrawn as cash, making it hard to track. But I'll say. Since the program started, people on average spent nearly 40 of it on food. About 24 went to sales and merchandise, which includes places like Walmart and discount dollar stores. And more than 11% went to utility bills, while more than 9% went to auto costs. The reason I think it's positive is because they're given free money and they're using it for normal, everyday things they need and not crack and heroin and lottery tickets, et cetera, et cetera. That's my positive news for the day, which you are giving me the biggest stink out of the biggest bunch of BS I ever heard. <laughs> you were laying out uh, the part of it, the retail with, uh, with Walmart and the dollar store. The dollar store could also be considered food, right, Rook? Uh, the dollar store can put a, a fine meal together. It's you know it's on the 
a minimalistic side, but you uh, you can be uh, well fed. Remember, I told you yesterday that I was alerted to uh, some uh, film uh, uh, that uh, being praiseworthy of the wolf and how the wolves transformed Yellowstone. Yes. Right. Well, today uh, Steve writes that's uh, that's all nonsense. And then he, uh, I had to read a piece he linked me to from AccuWeather. Uh, scientists debunk myth that Yellowstone wolves changed entire ecosystem or the flow of rivers. So. I don't know where to be on that. Just I like Yellowstone, and she's still there. And uh, you can find you it. can get there. <laughs> I ain't going nowhere. You can go. You can go until the uh, caldera nowhere. erupts, and we're all going to die anyway. I have more positive news. This is from today's paper headline: China's hog crisis could hurt U.S. bacon supplies. Why? I don't see that as being bad news. China's having a, a problem with their hogs being diseased, which means they're going to start importing more hog. Uh, nobody eats more pig in the world than China. And this is, as far as I can tell, really good for farmers, especially in Minnesota. Well, didn't you? We hostile. just had the story the other day about they're raising the giant pigs in, in China. Yeah, but... <laughs> but mutant, mutant pigs? No, they're pigs, but they're really big. They they've got this swine flu thing going like over that. there, and it's killing all the pigs, and now so uh, uh, Hong Kong and China is going to be importing hogs. <laughs> And that's good. Right. That's good for our U.S. I didn't farmers. Know what that was. <laughs> huh. Did you get a new one? Did I kill enough time yet? Number four. We don't say those words. <laughs> was it? Uh, I don't say those words. Yeah, yeah. How do you I heard, heard Royce say it. I know. It Monday. drives me crazy. Monday hey, speaking of Pat, talk. let's promote that once again, Rucka. Your guys at Jack's Cafe. We're going to be there on Monday the twenty eighth. Monday, October twenty eighth. We'll uh, pin down a specific time and report that as soon as we uh, nail driving. it down. Am I driving? Yeah. I got a route. He can't be in rush hour. I can't I be, be a route. Well, what Rook's talking about the back? Monday night sports talk will be there to kind of, you know, it's the relaunch, the celebratory relaunch, and we're going to be inviting people to come join us. Normally closed on that day, Jack's Cafe uh, will have a limited menu. Uh, cocktails and beer, I'm sure, will be available for purchase. But stop down Monday, the 28th of October, for a recording of the Monday night sports talk podcast. So get it on your calendar, October 24th through November 2nd, RF Moeller's 10th annual watch event that will rotate between the three stores, 50th in France, Ford in Cleveland and St. Paul, and Gavaday Common in downtown Minneapolis. It's going to be fun to see Pat around here a little more often, isn't it? Hey, uh, send Jack out here, Jax. Uh, where's Jack? How's he doing? <laughs> We'll be holding court. It'll be a Royce eating concert. Yes, that's, that's all we need. Kill some time. That's all uh, we need. I got a little prep here. Hey, Joe, I brought something in. Well, for tomorrow we'll have a Reaver's report from the Target Center where President Trump speaks this evening at 7 p.m. My report will be the poor house had a really nice uh, peanut butter porter. Nice. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> peanut butter porter. Oh, mm-mm-mm. All right. Hey, oh, that's right. Uh, GarageLogic.com. I forgot to promote that. That's the home base for everything that has to do with the Garage Logic podcast. And that's where you also find the premiere of Monday Night Sports Talk on the, in the podcast version. So visit that website, GarageLogic.com. We'll catch you next time. <laughs>